Hey guys, what's up? It's Sydney and Lexi. And we're back for another episode of the Wigan It podcast. This time we are super excited. We have a special guest on, Allie O'Brien. Um, she is the founder of the Chemo Club. And so today she's going to be telling us all about the Chemo Club and why she founded it and her mission behind it. So without further ado, let's um, hear from Allie. Hi, ladies. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for being thank here. Thank you for being here. It's an honor. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you. Yeah. No, Allie. So we kind of just want to get more into like your story behind the chemo club and things like that. So kind of give us, um, I guess, a basis of who you are and where the chemo club came from. Yeah. So I'm Allie, founder of the chemo club. And it's funny, there's like two parts to the chemo club. Um, the chemo club officially launched this year. I'm um, in 2021, but it was something that I had been really working towards maybe like the past couple, like two to three years in terms of, I knew that there needed to be a community for cancer patients and for cancer patients, family members. And at the time about, you know, five or six years ago, when I personally had to deal with um, my mom who was going through cancer, there was no place and there wasn't a community that existed that I could turn to. Um, you know, I was looking for help. I was looking for kind of like a one-on-one handbook. I was looking for what to expect. And I think there's such a crazy journey for family members to go through, um, you know, along with the cancer patient that there was no resources for me. And I felt like almost there was a taboo around saying the word cancer. And I was like, why, like, why, like, why doesn't anything exist? And we have the, you know, Susan G. Coleman, which is amazing. You know, we have um, a lot of larger cancer organizations, but there wasn't anything that felt connected to myself, like personally, like spiritually, emotionally, that like I felt comfortable and like researching more. And so, you know, I was, very angry. I was going through so much of my mom's diagnosis that almost that chip on my shoulder gave me the courage and the persistence to create the chemo club. And so fast forward now, um, the chemo club has been out almost in almost a full year um, existence. And it's just an opportunity for cancer patients, family members, friends of these cancer patients to share their own personal journey. Um, I feel like there's so much power in sharing and normalizing what people are going through. And I think shattering, you know, Chemo Club's whole mission is to shatter the taboo of chemotherapy. And I think when you hear the C word cancer and or chemotherapy, people shut down. People don't want to talk about it. People go, oh, cancer, like, and they sealed away. And that is just something that I'm so not for. And I think people need to talk about it. You need to express it and vocalize it. I mean, how it's affecting you. And so I wanted to create a platform where people could do that. And it's so crazy because, you know, being on social media and kind of like, there are definitely like amazing communities, right? But it's all for more of like a, a specific kind of cancer where I want something more open, where it doesn't matter what kind of cancer you have. It doesn't matter um, for how long you've had it. If you're in remission, if you're not in remission, it's a place, it's a community where you go to that you feel supported, you feel loved. There's educational resources that you can probably, you know, hopefully connect with another cancer patient um, and create like a friendship with them. And within this past year, ladies, it's just insane to me. I, you know, I've had people come out here to visit me because they wanted to like see like chemo club in person. And I've had, I've connected friends through chemo club. It's just like, it's such an amazing community. And um, it just has fulfilled the need that I think like was existing, like kind of still exists. So hopefully we can like close that gap a bit more. 
No, that's, that's so awesome. And cause like, we just like, when we, when I first felt like saw your page, I was just like the fact that like you've taken, I feel like you kind of have similar views to Cindy and I, in terms of like branding and stuff. Um, because like, like your typical cancer platform, for instance, like I know the resources you get, like when you go through chemo and things like that, they're very much like a Susan G. Komen or like the American Cancer Society. There's nothing like tailoring some like, and that's hard and very, um, like, it's kind of like intimidating to be like, Hey, like, how do you reach out to those like big company, big organizations being like, how do I get help? Like you're more likely to reach out to somebody who it's a little bit more organic and you feel more confident and like, like, and just entrusting the fact that they'll be able to like reach out to you and things. And so I just think it's so cool, like what you've built and it's just so inspiring. And that's where like, it's just so cool to see like what you've overall just like have turned it into. So well, it's funny you say that because I feel like you know, as amazing as Susan G. Coleman and American Cancer Society are, I need something cooler. I need something more modern. I need something that's more the demographic of what I'm looking for, right? Like those are, they feel very archaic and they feel very out of touch to me. And I don't want to, like, we're already going to hospitals. We're already sitting in our cancer, like chemotherapy chairs, right? Like that's enough, like archaicness for me. I don't want a community that's built like that. I want something that I can turn to that feels like, there's someone like me here. There's a, there's another 24 year old girl right next to me who's going what I'm doing and I can talk to her instantly, right? Like you can't get that with these larger communities. And I was like, I need to build something that's more specific, smaller, but more attainable and reachable um, with, you know, with the community. And hopefully, you know, that's what Kimo Club will continue to do. Definitely. And I can, I think also, especially like for Lexi and I going through treatment, I remember the first thing that they like tell you when you're starting out is like, oh, we have all of these um, groups that you can join or like support groups and stuff like that. But there's nothing that was, it's like the chemo club or like what we're trying to create with the Wig and a podcast, just like be that platform and like that safe place for people. Um, yeah. So I think like, you know, g- coming to your page and seeing just like that community that you've built is just absolutely amazing. Um, and I feel like too, it's like the way that we saw it is like, cancer is obviously not like an aesthetic, like, you know what I mean? Not talk about, but like, I feel like more people are going to be comfortable talking about something that is like, are having a platform that is more cute and aesthetic. Cause you can like, it's more relatable in this. Yeah. You resonate with it. Right. Like like, you are you will probably more likely want to open up and share what's going on if it resonates with you. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's it. Yeah. And I feel like this is going to be like a controversial topic. And this is something that we've had like talks about with other people. And like, sometimes the, the, like the cancer community and like different platforms, they can be kind of predatory for different cancer patients. Like, and that's like, and, and we've had talks about this with like people that are doing research and stuff, but like, it's unfortunate. Like there's a lot of like, societies that are out there that they see that you've gotten diagnosed and they want you to like do all these speaking engagements and it's just like it most likely like ties you back than wanting wants you to like speak like it's just like it just gives you like I know exactly what I like I know what you're saying Uh yeah Uh uh-huh that's so true I know so it's just crazy but yeah no it's just it's awesome to see I guess like a new not like generation of it but like a new like spinoff like kind of pathway that's been built. And it's just yeah. nice to see that like, like somebody else is picking up on that too. And like, it's not just like us as cancer patients, like you as a totally. caretaker can kind totally. of see that as well. Um, yeah, exactly. And like, that's what I hope is that 
if you're a caretaker, like, so my mom, my best friend, like oldest of four kids, she gets diagnosed with stage four cancer. In that moment, I went, oh my God, like, what do I do? I don't think I, like, right. at that point, I didn't know anybody in my life who had stage four cancer. And it would have been so helpful to me if I could have turned to another 24 year old girl who has siblings whose mom was diagnosed with cancer. So I could talk to her. Yeah. I, I had nobody to turn to. And you guys know this, like the nurses and doctors are so amazing. And they just like give you a pamphlet and they're like, here. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. one, this is so helpful. Thank you so much. Right. Like it was just shocking to me. And so I'm just hoping that, you know, it's a place where everyone, caretaker, cancer patient, boom, like you have a place to go to. Yeah. Um, what kind of, do you, if you don't mind talking about what kind of breast cancer did you, your mom have? She had a colon cancer. So she had stage four colon cancer, which is so crazy because to be, you know, to have like a colonoscopy, you have to be around the age of like 50. And my mom was 48. So like right before that. Um, Mm -hmm. And so like it wasn't, and cancer doesn't really run our family. Like no one's ever had colon cancer before. And so it literally came out of the blue. Um, And it's just so funny. Like since her diagnosis to today, which has been like six years, um, seven years, how they've now changed the age to using a colonoscopy now, like 45. And I'm like, God, if that had been like five years ago, six years ago, like maybe this would be a different story. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's just like research is changing. I think, you know, we're seeing younger patients be diagnosed. I think they're, you know, it's ever evolving. And I just think it's so important for everyone just to always realize like you are your own advocate of your health. If something is off, make sure that you vocalize and you don't stop until someone is willing to help you. Absolutely. I think that was definitely something I struggled with too, is that I had all of these signs. I mean, all the symptoms, but I just like was so, so ready to just be like, nope, I'm sick. Or, you know, it could never be that. And just like kind of ignoring it, but like how important it is to like, if something's wrong, something's wrong, you know? Right. Um, what was like, yeah. what was the final straw for you to be like, no, this isn't me just being sick. Like I need someone to really, that, when I found the lump on my collarbone, like I was just like super sick, lethargic, not myself, night sweat, yep. sweating in general. But like once the lump popped up, I was just like, yep. that's it. Like something's not right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So crazy. But, I know. I did know. your mom, did your mom have any, like, like we had like Sydney and I both had like crazy roller coaster journeys. Like was your mom's kind of journey insane? Like, could you share kind of her story? I guess you could say yeah. with that? So the crazy part about it, I think like looking back on it now was that, you know, I come from, you know, we're from California. Like we love to eat healthy. We love to exercise. We love to hike. So like I came from like a very health conscious family. And so the ideas of like, could it be cancer? We're just like, not even like in our minds. And she didn't have any like crazy symptoms leading up to it. It just happened to be like one day. Um, she woke up and she's going to take my little brother to school. He was, I think he's like a freshman or like sophomore um, in high school. And all of a sudden she just like had horrific stomach pains and like, couldn't move out of bed. And you know, like at 48, 49, you're like, I don't know, like the signs of menopause. Like what's, but this is so bizarre. Like what's going on? She's thinking maybe like these pains will just like go away. And then like an hour later they did and they were getting worse and worse. Um, and so she took herself to the ER and they took a scan and they, like, they came back and they're like, whoa, you have, you're like riddled with cancer. This is stage four. Like it's metastasized to your lungs and to, a little bit to your liver. And I just remember, I like this is the moment in history 
for like my life that like you know that memory you can't erase and then um right. I I was in Arizona at the time because I had just graduated I had just graduated college I was had started my first job I'm um, in Arizona and I get a phone call and my mom's like Allie I've just been diagnosed with cancer it's stage four and I know and I'm like what what, what did you just say and then she repeats herself and I just remember just bawling like I sat in my chair with all my coworkers, and I started bawling my eyes out because I think when you think cancer you go holy shit like here we go like this is it and I bawled my eyes out hopped on the plane like went directly home that night and she had to go in for like emergency surgery she ended up having to get um an ostomy bag I don't know if you guys are familiar with that but um mm-hmm. she had to get a bag because they had to take out all of her intestines because it was literally riddled like massive like baseball sized tumors um and that that part like let alone being diagnosed with cancer is one thing for a woman to lose the ability right to be able to like use the restroom right now she has a bag that is such an identity crisis in itself and you know you have like my poor mom you know, she had all the surgery like she needed help like I had to help her change her bag like I have PTSD from that because I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. No one was helping me. You like, look at these books and, you know, instead of being helpful, they're like, oh, your mom's going to die. You're just like, it was God awful. <laughs> and I just remember, and that's when it, this all kind of started to like happen. I'd say like, the origins of chemo club, where I just remember thinking there should be a book. There needs to be something that's going to be like, Hey, you're going through uh, colon cancer right now. Here's just kind of a quick 101, like be prepared for X, Y, Z. And it wasn't until I started sharing the story, like my mom's story, like to my friends, like, Hey, like my mom has colon cancer. People would be like, Hey, my aunt actually has colon cancer. Or like, Hey, actually uh, my dad, when I was born, like went through cancer. And I'm like, it's shocking to me how cancer touches so many people's lives. And I didn't know that until she was diagnosed. It's because no one wants to, you know, back then like when I say back then like six years ago people like didn't right. talk about it right and if it wasn't in the forefront of your mind I would never be like how's your aunt doing um mm-hmm. and so like you know sorry this is so long-winded like cutting to the cutting to the chase of it lots of surgeries for her lots of like we don't know what's happening um you know her chemotherapy treatment was terrible in terms of like she was always so sick um she could only handle about like three to four months worth and then she said like she was done with it and I think that looking back, you know, in terms of having like an awesome bag, the second part to that, like as a family sitting down and her saying like, listen, guys, I just, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> that was so hard. And especially like, for my siblings too, because they were so much younger, you know, it's the first time that you see your parents um, as immortal, right? I think in my head, I've always, my mom and dad are immortal to me, right? Like nothing can happen to them. Nothing will ever touch them. And then all of a sudden for that image and that idea to shatter, there's nothing like it. It's insane. And like, it makes me emotional. Like it's been years now, but like, I still talk about it. I can get the emotion going. I'm like, oh, it's just crazy. Wow. I got chills listening to you talk about that. That is just, wow. Nonstop. No one ever said that was going to be a side effect. So that in itself, to witness it in person, see my poor mom, hugging the toilet for 12 hours, nonstop bawling her eyes out and puking at the same time, I was not prepared for. And that's an image like I will never be able to get on my head, right? And I think, right. okay, this needs to be discussed. Like someone needs to discuss this 
And we need to normalize it because I don't ever want another 24 year old girl who's just graduated from college to not be, be prepared for when, you know, if this were to happen to her, right? Like I want her to know like, Hey, you might see your mom hugging the toilet, puking nonstop, having a psych psychiatric breakdown because of the, um, the medication that she's taking to help battle these symptoms. This is not like, this is what's actually happening, you know? And I just feel like everything yeah. is so sugar-coated, which for some people, like that might be what they want. But for someone like me, where I'm like, no, tell me what's going to happen. How do I prepare for this? I need to know. That's, that's the information and the knowledge I want to digest. Right. Oh yeah. No, I think that's super important. No. Um, and I think it's like too, like not sugarcoating everything. I like, I totally agree with that because I feel like some people want to hear about all like the like the good things that's going to happen and like what, Oh, it's not that bad. Like I think the only way that you can possibly get through something like that is not sugarcoating it and how you're going to get to the root of the problem. Like I feel like Cindy and I are both kind of the same way. We're like, okay, give us the facts and give us a solution. Like, I don't need you to tell me, Oh, like this is what it's going to be like, and it's going to be fine. And it's going to be all these rainbows and butterflies because hello, you're not seeing us at midnight after chemo Uh when we're literally like rather trying to figure out if we need to like sit on the toilet or be on the toilet, like throwing up in the toilet because it's just like, and it's just like, no one prepares you for that. So like, no, I'm just so glad that you touched on like the sugar coating thing. Cause it's something that there's anything that we cannot stand is that because it's just like, I'm so over people like I mean, of course, like do as you want and take whatever I feel like is best for you. But like, I feel like sometimes people are like dance around it and it's just like, I don't need you to dance right. around it. So right. Or just and, like, expect us as like people giving advice and like gone through it. And like, you know, we can put on that face and just look completely normal. But if you're going right. to ask me how treatment affects you or how you are four chemos in and when you lose your hair and xyz like i'm gonna tell you exactly like exactly you, feel like shit. you know i'm not gonna say it's fine right you know? and like sydney exactly no. like, i wish someone had said to me like hey when your mom goes in for her first chemo treatment make sure and you like demand that you have um extra nausea medication from the doctors we didn't even have that the first time and it was just didn't even know to ask for it because no one told us to oh my god and right. that like that needs to be discussed. Like, and that's what I love about the people who have shared their stories on chemo club is I, you guys, I'm learning from my own community, which is like amazing. Like this one, this one story I shared, this amazing woman, she was like, she goes, there was shame in me asking for, for medicine. She's like, I felt like almost like a drug addict. And she's like, but then I remembered I'm battling for my life and I have the right to demand things that will help me. And I read that and I was like, Oh, that's so powerful. Like you're the one who's in control of your health. You have Absolutely. the right to ask for this medication that's going to you know, hopefully help with these side effects. And I wish I had known that for my mom. No, hundred percent. Like you are literally your best advocate. And like, that's where yeah. I feel like too, is like, especially like, I mean, I don't know if Cindy, you feel the same way, but like, I feel like sometimes with, um, like prescriptions that I was, was getting, like people are like, Oh, like you're just going to turn into a drug head. Like you're going to get addicted to these things. Oh and I'm God, just like, yeah. if it's something that's going to help me like lorizapan. Okay. If it wasn't for Sydney telling me lorizapan was even a thing, I would have died. In my like, what, is that? Wait, but, what is that? Oh my God. So it's out of hand. It's like kind of like mm, a milder Xanax, if you will, just like okay. anti-anxiety, Oh my God. Um, but just like completely calms your nerves. Yeah. And I can remember, you know, they mentioned it to me and my mom and my mom's first thought is, nope, you're going to get addicted to it. And then I mentioned it to Lexi and 
her mom's first thing was, nope, we can't take that. She's going to get addicted. But it's like, who's even thinking about that? You're going through chemo. If this is going to make it like, okay, for the time being, freaking take it, you know? Right. And it's like, kind of like the lesser of the two evils, chemotherapy or like medication. No, I totally. So are you guys on it? Did you take it? No, not anymore. Um, mm -mm. we do like, I still have some in case, like for whatever reason, like I knew Cindy kind of takes them too, like every now and then. Um, but like they are addictive. I mean, I will give them that, but it's something that if you're aware of it and you can kind of control it, I think it's really good. I, I mean, I was popping them left and right after chemo and, and thank God, cause I mean, I wasn't able to sleep. So seriously though. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, like night and day with that stuff. It's so crazy. Literally. But so how, like, how has your life like changed since chemo club, I guess has kind of started? Like what, what have you noticed that's been different? Like what is kind of your community like and things like that? That's a good and question. like maybe touch on um, your hopes for the, the platform itself, like in the future. I would say before chemo club launched, when I was like, I need to do something what is it going to be? What would make a difference? Like, what is something that I could do? And I think I, you know, my mom ended up passing away and I was very angry, like very angry. Um, and had been harboring like all this anger and resentment. And I think that resentment and anger, you know, not only was it directed at cancer itself, but directed at God, directed at my family. There's like, how could this be happening to me? Are you kidding me? Like the, the glue to our family is gone. And I've got these little siblings. I've got my dad. Who's, everyone's broken. Everyone's so sad. And people grieve very differently. And so I think I grieved in a very, like, I was in denial. I like definitely turned to like partying and traveling and tried to kind of make up for lost time that I felt like I had lost during my mom's like diagnosis and like during her treatment. And I tried to like kind of make up for like my mid twenties a lot, but I was still angry. And, um, that's when I was like, okay, I need to do something immediately. Otherwise like this anger is going to ruin and destroy my whole life. It will destroy friendships. It will destroy my like relationships. I, I don't want that for myself. And so that's when I decided to launch chemo club. And it's so funny ever since I've launched it and just to kind of see it within a year, like organically grow. I'm not, you know, I just see myself being a bit softer. I'm not as angry. Um, I have, there's a more like empathetic side that I have because not that I know what you're going through, but I know what you're going through, if that makes sense. Right. And I mm-hmm. think you know, when people reach out to me, and some messages and say like, Hey, I, I needed to share this. Like I've been harboring this story for so long. It's so nice. And it's therapeutic to write it out and to have people say that to me, I go, this is why the chemo club exists to not only validate you as a cancer patient, like whatever feelings you have, but for those who are taking care of them. And it just like kind of helps validate, like, you're not crazy. What you're going through is real. This is your reality. And it needs to be shared and people need to read it. And I just feel like I'm not like just who I am personally. Like I am a big people person. Like I love being around people and to now have a community where I know, like 
I have an idea and like know almost every member and I know their story and just the love that chemo club has has had this past year is you guys it's been insane like it's amazing and for the future I just hope that you know not only does chemo club grow but I would love for it to be like an actual lifestyle brand where you get diagnosed with cancer okay chemo club is going to be ready for you it's like you're going through colon cancer and you will have an awesome, you know, you had to have an awesome, like, here's an awesome bag. Here's an awesome bag cover. Um, here's a wig. Here is, here's a chemotherapy sweatshirt. Like I want it to be a full fledged brand. Um, and to prep those and those supporting those going through cancer, like with everything that they could possibly need. Fingers crossed. It's a lot of work. That's but so amazing. Like, Alex. Club will forever be community focused. It is going to be 1000% based on my members, their stories, their commitment to their own lives, and commitment to spreading awareness because that's what we need. We need more awareness. You know, I say to my girlfriends, I literally text them once a quarter and I say, Have you gotten a mammogram? Have you had things checked out? Because let me tell you, know, have you gone to the kino? Because let me tell you. Doctors, this is their job, just like how Lexi, you and I have our our day jobs. Right? This is that's a job to them, and so they can only do so much in their workday. So you have to be your own advocate, and that's my biggest message for Chemo Club. And that people will learn, you know, your health is important. You have to voice. You have to be your own advocate. Um, but then you know there is the community behind you supporting you and shattering this whole taboo of chemotherapy shattering taboos of all these symptoms that you have a platform to express it you know express what's going on that's awesome and I I really want you to touch on your ostomy bags I saw that you had new ostomy bag covers so kind of obviously you touched on the like thinking behind them but like talk about them they're so cool okay so I wanted to do like a little test launch of something that I feel like needs more like more spotlight on um so I initially you know a lot of uh colon cancer patients have to have an ostomy bag and you know I can't like my mom she was blonde and like we love makeup and we love hair and we love fashion it's like that was such an identity crisis for her to all of a sudden have this bag right and it was so ugly and it's brown and it makes noises and it's just like embarrassing like she felt like she didn't wear a bikini again and covers did not exist five years ago. And just kind of like in the back of my mind, I always thought it would be so fun. And I would love the opportunity to create really cute covers for these bags. And so I was like, you know what? While like Chemo Club is like officially like launched now, like let's just like kind of test, test this product. And so I created these cute little covers and I'm hoping that, you know, as it resonates with um, not only like the cancer community, but people who have like colitis and people who have Crohn's who also have ostomy bags, that these covers, you know, will make them feel empowered, that it will like match their athleisure, that they can wear like, their bikinis and that you feel comfortable and breathable with these covers. Um, and so those literally just launched like three weeks ago. And uh, I don't know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> That's so exciting. And so something that, you know, your mom's looking down on you right now and is just so incredibly proud of you. Seriously. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, yes. And like, I, I didn't even know that that was the type of cancer that your mom had. So like just understanding that now and seeing your posts and the bags and everything is just so amazing. 
That's all great. things. Yes, little full circle. Full circle. Yes, absolutely. So no, it is yes. a full circle. It's just like it's there's like a series of unfortunate events and like it's just crazy. Yeah. Like I feel like sometimes in life you're like obviously like what we went through, but like I feel like sometimes you're given these tasks and I mean I don't know like how you felt like about your backstory and things like that like kind of your purpose in life but for Mm -hmm. us for instance like we were kind of lost in this wash of being like okay like what is our purpose and I feel like now that we have this platform it's like we have kind of a purpose I mean do you feel like that's kind of something that you kind of felt very similarly to or that's exactly it it's so funny I see why I went through the things that I did for what's going to happen in my future. And the struggle, the heartache, the anger, um, to be able to channel it towards chemo club and the vision I have for chemo club gives my heart and gives me almost like a sense of, okay, this is why you went through all of that because there's something bigger for your own life. And it was 1000% you know, I always daydreamed and like had these dreams, like what my life would be. And what I think now it is going to be is so much better. I know chemo club is my purpose. I, you know, I'm manifesting, but like, I think it's going to be bigger. I think it's going to be bigger than myself. Um, and I know like right now I'm just like laying the foundation, like doing all the groundwork, but I know that I know the chemo club exists for a bigger purpose. And just the fact that I can be part of that is it like makes me so emotional. It's like overwhelming. And though I don't fully know what it's going to be or like what it's capable of, I know that it's capable of something and I will do whatever it takes for it to like really launch, really like take off ground. Um, it puts in perspective for me, like my amazing, like so grateful to have a normal job, like thank God, right? Like pays the bills. It's allowed me to create chemo club. It's allowed me to have like a little product launch, but just I wake up like my drive, my desire, right? It's full of just on chemo club. It's hard when you're so destined and determined to work on something to try to shift that and have that same energy manifest something different when like it's not meant to be, right? Um, and so, yes, yeah, so like it's been a huge game changer for me, you know, ever since I like really launched chemo club, like my life is like done like a 180, like met my amazing fiance. I have my friendships have been stronger and better. And now I can have a new community and like I'm meeting all of these amazing women like you, like you two ladies. Like I know we're gonna be lifelong. Like I just know this. Like I know this. And I'm so grateful um to be able to, you know, A social media, B for both of you, but then see like because of chemo club, like I think it's going to just really create a platform for ladies like us and you know gentlemen too but to really can you know connect with one another and to have like lifelong friendships but for a greater purpose absolutely I think that was something that I was always looking for definitely during treatment myself um like just wanting to connect with people and I feel like it, it was so hard to do because like where do you turn what like where do you go you know, and to know that there's chemo club and that everyone listening to this podcast episode knows that they can go to chemo club because that's where they're going to find their people to connect to and be a part of just a a greater purpose. Thanks. Can I ask like what, when you were diagnosed and they say, okay, you have cancer, what did you and your family Mm -hmm. do? Like, what was it? Like, where'd you turn to? Honestly, each other. I mean, at my age, it felt so 
I, I don't even know the right word, but just like, I feel I was so young. It just seemed wrong to have cancer at my age. Um, my friends, you know, they're there for you, but they don't understand. I think my family struggled because they didn't really know how to, they knew how to be there for me, but then they were struggling themselves. Like, where do they go? So I think it was just, it took a while before we had like an outlook or not an outlook, but like a, a place to go in terms of you know, how to deal with everything, but it kind of took, I took it upon myself to reach out to other people that were also going through cancer, um, to connect with them, um, or, you know, posting the TikTok is where I met Lexi. Um, but as far as joining support groups and stuff at, at Duke where I got treated, I just never did that because I didn't feel like that was where I was supposed to go. I felt like I found peace in what I was going through by helping others because it kind of took Mm -hmm. the weight off of what I was being dealt to just like help somebody else, if that makes sense. No, it completely makes sense. Oh, that was so beautifully said. I know. Yeah. No, thank you. I, um, I really like, I mean, if it wasn't for Sydney, like I would be totally lost. Like that gets kind of sappy for a while. Um, but it's the truth. So backstory. So Drew's, my boyfriend's mom actually had the same cancer that I did. So it's, no way. yeah. So it's literally just like he got struck by lightning twice. Um, so I luckily had her to like depend on, obviously like that was like the last thing that was on her mind is like, I would have the same thing that she did, but no, like literally if it wasn't for, um, like Sydney and I's friendship, like, and I think that's where me and her friendship is just so special because if it wasn't for her, like I was texting her, like before I got my surgical biopsy being like, what am I getting myself into? And like, she gave me such the foundation of like framework of like what I need to build off of. And I think that's the reason why I wasn't so scared going in because I knew what to expect. Obviously I'd never in a million years would want her to go, like go through what she went through. But like the fact that she could kind of give me the advice to be like, what do I do now? Like my, like our moms became friends, like, and they've never met a day in their life. And like the, my, (laughs) our moms were texting being like, okay, like Lexi's doing this, like did Sydney do that? And like, just like, it was just so nice. And that's where it's been so special. And I agree with Sydney is like, I'm very much the same kind of person. And it's like, I find peace when I'm helping others and not so necessarily focused on myself because I start freaking out when everyone else starts putting attention on me being like, okay, let's be as normal as we can. How can I help other people? Because that, and that's, again, the reason for the podcast is like, we wanted to create kind of a platform that people could reference to, because sometimes you don't have the most comfortable moments being like, okay, well, I'm going to reach out to this person on Instagram. I'm going to slide into their DMs and be like, Hey, like, how did you deal with this? Cause I mean, nine times out of 10, like most people in the cancer community are very open and honest when it comes to this. They really are. Which is what I love. Like when you ask them, they're they will help 1000%. Yeah. We don't gatekeep anything around here. Right, we don't, exactly. we don't sugarcoat. We don't like, we will, we will give you the facts. I literally have a, in my notes app, like anytime someone texts me or like message me on Instagram, asking me about my tips, I literally, like, and I get this from you, Ali, because I remember when you sent me that uh, question, yeah. like, what are your tips? And I was just like, I don't even know. But I literally have it like in my notes app, like saved. I literally like have it copy and pasted. It's all like everything from like medication to like all this. Yeah. And it's just crazy. But no, I I, like also too, I think I, um, so my, my parents are also divorced and like, it was a bad, it was a bad divorce and things, but so I kind of have more of a cynical view on things. So I feel like when I got diagnosed, it was kind of more just like a right hook being like, all right, like 
another thing you got to go through. So it's just funny, but no, I like, I really like when Sydney was my crutch for my, the four and a half months that I was going through stuff. So pat yourself on the back, Sydney. So we're going to make a movie of you guys. Seriously. Oh my God. <laughs> we fucking better. I think it's just it's like just even so. funnier because like we kind of I mean we do look like sisters so it's just like hilarious you do like, what are the odds like no. God brought us together we were like maybe there was like a love child like one of us is like <laughs> <laughs> like switched at birth almost no literally wait but, okay can I ask oh like God. obviously like feel free to like where where are you both right now in cancer journey oh we're both in remission so both of you are in remission both right now praise the lord so how does so yes. what like so what next like what do we like do you have to go in every couple months like how are you guys keeping up with everything like from here on out so you go first yeah so i i hit six months in remission in december so Woo! now i kind praise of lord, I, think yay. I, I know I'm so happy yay Thank you. So I go back, I think in March for nine months. And then after that point, then it will be three months later, I think 12 months. And then from there, Mm -hmm. it's like twice a year. And then it will be once a year. Um, But as of right now, everything looks great, blood work and things like that. So they told me that I don't need a scan for a while, which is like amazing, but so scary at the same time. Cause I'm kind of like, "Mm, I want to, I want to get a scan, but they're like, it's not worth it. Like you don't need one. Um, so yeah, I'm just like living life again. Um, I got my first big girl job, if you will. So Yay. trying oh to gosh. adult and get back to normal life. Yeah. It's amazing. So would you say would you side. say though, like, and this is one thing, like I try I here's the thing, is like I I didn't go through the cancer treatments, but I feel like anxiety and just kind of overall anxiety of like, could it come back? Like I want to be on top of it is a real thing. And I definitely want to do absolutely. And I want to do, and maybe this is going to keep helping with this. I want to do a chemo club post on in remission, but like you want to still be an advocate for your health. And so when I hear cer- certain things of like, yeah, the doctor's like, I don't need to though. For me, I go, no, no, no. I would be in like every, every other day. <laughs> as often as you can. You right. This baby. No, exactly. Um, and just yeah. I would love to kind of expand on what is it, how do you handle kind of like that sort of anxiety after, right? Like, I want to be healthy. I want to know what's going on with my body. And when someone says like, no, 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 like you're fine. I don't, that's a discussion I think like really needs to happen. Maybe you don't have right. a hundred percent. I think that's like, yeah. And that's something Lexi can talk about too. Cause I think we're both struggling with that, not struggling, but like, it's definitely something in that's mind. in the totally. back of our head to an extent. Um, I try to just, you know, live every day one day at a time. I don't try to yeah. let the anxiety consume me. Um, I have to just like keep pushing forward in terms of I am cancer free. I'm going to stay cancer free. Um, yeah. And I just, yeah, that's all you can do really. Yeah, exactly. That's amazing. Yeah. And um, so mine is kind of interesting. So my doctor from um, Hopkins, she doesn't want me to get scans. Like she's mm-hmm. like, you're good. And it's interesting because, um, like she's a very well-respected doctor Hopkins. I mean, the prestigious university. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she just, so mine, so Sydney had Hodgkin's lymphoma. I had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. So mine is more of a, more of an aggressive cancer. Um, it's like how they put it. It's like, it's 
it's more faster growing. It's more aggressive, but easier to kill. Sydney's is slow growing, but harder to kill. I don't know how true that is. Um, Mm -hmm. and our kind of lymphoma is overall arching of like the easy cancer, I guess you could say. So, um, from her studies, she used to show that like, there's no need for me to get scans, but like, again, like being your best advocate, like I need to know that like, I'm good. So, And it's interesting because obviously I'm not in Maryland anymore. So I had to find a whole new like medical system down in Atlanta. So I used a reference of my doctor who I very much respect. I mean, me and her have a great relationship. Um, Her, her nurses, her PA, like all are amazing ladies. And like my backstory, I had for a while, I was dealing with all men trying to figure out how to get diagnosed. And so honestly, it took me to get <laughs> back to the podcast. Literally, I was like, get me back to like <laughs> the women's side because we know how to get shit done. So yeah. my oncology doctor was just like a kick-ass woman. And so she was like, listen, like whatever. So now I'm in Emory and I was using a reference of hers, which I'm still kind of like teetering between because I don't know how I, I feel about her. But um, so I, I'm like, telling her like, Hey, like I want to get scans like while I'm in Atlanta, because like, I need to know that I'm good. Like, so rather if it's like a scheduled time, cause obviously like, especially too, like, I know where Sydney's coming, her doctor's coming from with like the scans, because it's like the radiation aspect. Cause no. it's like, you don't want to be like, that's where for my PET scan, like my PET scan came back. Like there was like some enlarged, not like it was, it was totally fine. But like, the thing is like, I did have some inflammation. My dad's like, well, mm-hmm. could you get another PET scan? And she's like, we are not putting Lexi through any more radiation that she needs to. Yeah. So like, she's good. Um, and turns out like everything's fine, but right. it's just interesting how like, there's two different spectrums to like, what, like what happens like when you're done. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of like where I'm at, like post radiation or post radiation, post remission, um, or just like in remission, it's just like, yeah. it's like, and again, like, I'm sure we could do another episode on this, but like the post-cancer life is so weird. Like it acclimating. Yeah. Acclimating. Like in terms of what? Acclimating back to normal life in quotations is odd because you're like, you're at this point where it's like your identity was so hooked on the fact that you were going to doctor's appointments. You knew where you were going to be at in two weeks. Like my intervals for chemo were every three weeks. Sydney's were a lot more in between. Like you knew where you were at and you were kind of, your life was on pause for so long and you didn't have any commitments you could do like, not like whatever you wanted, but like, you're kind of in this time constraint being like, okay, like I'm, I'm here for the time being. Um, and now it's like you're free willy nilly out in the world. And like, you don't have to go to your doctor's appointments or you don't need to go get your port cleaned or like anything like that. And like, right. so it's like your day to day completely and totally changed. Yeah. But also too, like, it, it's also kind of a mind, like it definitely messes with you because it's just like, like we kind of say like you have like your, po- your pre-cancer self, your during cancer self and your post-cancer self. And they're all different identity crisis. So it's like, you almost just like, are like, well, where am I at now? Like, it, cause it's just like, you don't know how to like, it, it's not like there's like this smooth transition to be like, okay, like now you're going to be totally. back in your normal life now. Like I'm back living in my house with my boyfriend full time. And like, what? <laughs> like like four, six months ago, I was not doing that. Like, it's just, right. so it's just funny. And like, there's obviously like, like, there's a lot of 
there's a whole stigma around like, especially too, like being in your twenties, like you're supposed to have your whole life figured out and stuff like that. And now it's a lie. Such a lie. Yeah. That's such a lie. Well, and now that you're like in this world where it's like, you're supposed to be in your twenties and like, like our lives were put on pause and like my like big girl job was like put on pause because I had to go home and get freaking cancer treatment. And now it's like, how do you, I feel like you're playing catch up. And like, that's where I feel like Sydney and I, like we have a lot of anxieties because like, we feel like we need to be doing so much to like make up for lost time basically. Yeah. No, like that's. Yeah. I felt so behind, especially. Yeah. I felt very behind. I felt like I was a different person now. I mean, I am a different person. Like the person that before cancer is just not me and then like jumping into a new job do and like meeting new people do you tell them about cancer are you known as the girl who had cancer you still don't have your hair back so like looking in the mirror you don't really recognize yourself you still see cancer in the mirror I mean it's just like a whole new adjustment um but like every every day gets better yeah, it's, it's no, just weird. Totally. but also too, it's like, and then this is like a, this is like our last ep- podcast episode. It's like our relationships are also so different, like yeah. friendships that we use. And I'm sure you probably could touch on this is like your relationships, like friends that I had in high school that I thought were going to be my lifelong friends. I don't talk to anymore. Cause it's just like, they, like you almost, you're like, okay, like if you weren't there for me during the hardest times of my life and like, now you're not there, like see ya like exactly yeah so I feel like that too is like you're in this weird transition of like all right like you're losing friends and then it's like you gain so many friends obviously during the cancer community so it's just like it's a weird balancing act that you're kind of putting on like post in like in remission and stuff yeah it's so good it's so funny when you go through one of the hard you know hardest thing ever in your entire life those you thought would be there are the ones who are not. Mm-hmm. At least that was like in my case. And so like what you just said, like the high school friends, like some friends from college, it's so crazy. But then yet the friends that I've gained through, you know, going through like what I went through, like with my mom, it's wild. Mm-hmm. So I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, no, totally. And like, I guess just to like, to just circle back, like, I mean, do you feel like the caretaker side of it? Like, I would love to kind of get more, um, like, you, have you like reached out to other like caretakers? I guess like, like, that doesn't, doesn't make sense. Like, have you, like, I feel like you have built like such a special bond for people with care, like for and the caretakers aspect. Like, do you, I definitely feel like it's something like, again, like we don't like my mom, for instance, like just talking about like people that have been there through you, like during this stuff, like if she would have had something very soon, like I'm sure like Sydney's mom too, like if there could have been like a platform for them to like reach out to, like being like, how do we take care of our daughters? Like, do you feel like, um, what is the question? Like, how am I going to word this? But like, it's just like, do you feel like you, um, like Sydney, do you like, like, just have, I had like the opportunity to like share what I've shared with others. Like, yes, yes. Yeah. So, I do in terms, so here's the thing. You can have the exact same cancer and your treatments are so different, right? Mm-hmm. Or like your side effects can be so mm-hmm. different. And I feel like in terms of, have I been able to share my own experience? Like what helps me to help my mom? Yes, I have been able to share that, which has been amazing. And I, you know, just like what you guys do, as I share the nitty gritty, I say, this is what I wish I had known. I wish I had known that, you know, changing her bag, it was, 
you know, don't put the glue directly on your skin. It's going to rip it all off. It's going to bleed. Like I tell, like, I am very specific with like, this is what you need to do. It may not be applicable, but at least, you know, in case it, it does. The other amazing thing too with Chemo Club is I have shared quite a few like caretaker stories mm-hmm. and the, all of their advice like resonates, like very similar story in the sense of they all were able to just kind of like not accept what was going on, but just let down their guard to be like, whatever happens is going to happen. And the way that I react towards it, I know it, like in my heart that I'm doing it out of love for that person where, and this sounds kind of vague, but to kind of like make it a little more granular like details I feel like when I was taking care of my mom I had such a guard up like nothing was going to hurt her nothing was going to touch her like she was going to be fine and so I was like full of angst and anxiety like this right and so every time she would have like a side effect from chemotherapy I would be so hard on myself and be like why the fuck did you not ask for more medication why the fuck did you not have her bowl ready by her side. Why is she crawling to the toilet right now? Like, and I was so hard on myself. And I think that's why like, you know, I deal with like an extra thing of like anger, like looking back on all of it. It's like, there's one piece of advice I give to a caretaker is have as much grace and love for yourself because like the journey that you're going through is difficult. And I think, you know, you can be prepared all you want, be prepped for all you want, but things are going to happen and you have to just breathe and let it go. And I think if I had just kept that mantra in my head, you know, it would have given me more time to just like love on my mom and not spending five minutes beating myself up downstairs in the kitchen. That would give me five more minutes with her to like lay with her. Right. And that is my biggest regret. I was so fucking hard on myself. I was hard on my siblings. I was hard on my dad. And I just wish I had taken a deep breath and been like, move on move on she has the bowl you're there right there in the bathroom with her and I'm just like love on her but I didn't I was beating myself up and like I wish I hadn't have done that so that's my like big advice for like caretakers like shit's gonna happen you're not gonna have the answer but just be a figure of support move on and just love you know spend as much time as you can with that person I love that that was gonna be my last question for you it's a piece of advice um for someone being that loved one for someone else going through cancer because I know from my mom's um point of view or even like my sister and my dad just family in general they were always so hard on themselves and just like so angry because like why why your loved one going through that and like always feeling like they needed to do more um even though they were doing more than enough it just like for them they just felt like it was never enough like they always wanted to you know just seeing me sick obviously is devastating and i right. i think that was hard for me to put myself in their shoes because i didn't understand how they were feeling i just knew that they were trying to be there for me as much as they could and love on me but um hearing that from your side like it resonates with me on how my family felt um as I was going through treatment so that's super important no you you literally just like that was like the like I I have no words after that like that was such a good like you're just so amazing well guys I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode of the wiggy it podcast with Allie O'Brien and we are super excited to catch you guys next week. So make sure to stay tuned for that. So if you're not already, make sure you're following us at the Winging It Podcast on Instagram. And we will talk to you guys next week. See you guys.